uomo di nome Anania, con sua moglie Safira, vendette un terreno e tenuta per sé d'accordo con la moglie una parte del ricavato, consegnò l'altra parte deponendola ai piedi degli apostoli. Ma Pietro disse, Anania, perché Satana ti ha riempito il cuore così che hai mentito allo Spirito Santo e trattenuto una parte del ricavato del campo? Prima di venderlo non era forse tua proprietà e l'importo della vendita non era forse a tua disposizione. Perché hai pensato in cuor tuo a questa azione? Non hai mentito agli uomini, ma a Dio. All'udire queste parole, Anania cadde a terra e spirò. Un grande timore si diffuse in tutti quelli che ascoltavano. Si alzarono allora i giovani, lo avvolsero, lo portarono fuori e lo seppellirono. Avvenne poi che circa tre ore più tardi entrò sua moglie, ignara dell'accaduto. Pietro le chiese, dimmi, è a questo prezzo che avete venduto il campo? Ed ella rispose, sì, a questo prezzo. Allora Pietro le disse, perché vi siete accordati per mettere alla prova lo spirito del Signore? Ecco qui alla porta quelli che hanno seppellito tuo marito, porteranno via anche te. Ella all'istante cade ai piedi di Pietro e spirò. Quando i giovani entrarono, la trovarono morta, la portarono fuori e la seppellirono, accanto a suo marito. Wow, good morning everyone. Welcome to Foundry Church today. Uh, my name's Di, I'm one of the lead team if we've not met before and I just want to welcome you here today. Um, thanks also to Charlie for reading in Italian for us, so that deserves a round of applause, we'll support that. <clears throat> uh, that's the passage that we're going to be looking at today, Acts 5, and it is a tricky one. I'll say that right from the start. Um, but first of all, we'll look at this question of today. So, if you had a million pounds, how would you spend it? One well, Freya, are you going to tell? Have you got your hand up there? You'd open a hotel with a nightclub. <laughs> Was that Jan's idea, the nightclub bit? No, just the hotel. Okay, Daniel. A smart TV? Would you have any change from a million then? A little bit. Any other suggestions for what you'd do with a million? Linda? Oh, via far. Okay. Lynn? What was that? Build a swimming pool. Is this going to be at Freya's hotel slash nightclub? Is it the same thing with the farm on the side? Any other thoughts that you'd... Israel. Israel, what about it, Mavis? Are we good? Are we good with that suggestion? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael? Send it to people that need it the most, definitely. And there's so much... Ian, have you got a suggestion? Yeah, get, yeah get a new car. A new car for Jed! <laughs> Jed, are you accepting that new car? I don't know what you're going to be driving around in that's like a million pounds, but you are looking good. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant, I like that. That's a bit cheeky, that one, Michael. 
I don't know whether Leeds United are up for sale and are they up for sale for a million? I don't know. Right, so we are in a series at the moment called Roots and Shoots. And this series is based on the book of Acts about the early church. And so far we've looked at things like Jesus has returned to heaven and the disciples that are left have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit and the church community is growing. These are exciting times for the early church. And what we're looking at today is it's kind of the first mention of sin in this new early church. I feel that God has really put this on my heart to preach it, but I want to do it with such gentleness. I want to do it with, with kindness because it's hard going. Um, and I don't want to do it in a way to kind of ruffle feathers, but I want to do it in a way that I hope you will hear God speak directly to you. Um, so the preach, <laughs> I feel like you might want to spit it out. That's my disclaimer. But I would just ask that, um, that you journey with me on this over the next few minutes and that you, where I'm stumbling for words, that you have a some grace because I'm trying to deliver something that's so important and just that you would chew it over yourselves and that you would ask yourself is this appropriate for me is God speaking to me is this something that he wants me to hear and feel free to weigh that up as the Holy Spirit talks to you um, so we're going to just look at some context because the story that we've had read to us this morning, that account that happened, it came on the back of something else. And it came on um, the, these verses that we're going to look at now, which is in the previous chapter. So it says in Acts 4, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed they had any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, who the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. That's the backdrop of where we come in today. That's a time, we read it together, that all the disciples and apostles, they were of one heart and one mind. They were united they were, had a common purpose and a common goal. I just feel to say that this message today, if you are in this room, it's for you. However old or young you are, there's no end to that of the age group to this message. Yesterday, we were sat in our kitchen and it was a bright sunny day yesterday. And then all of a sudden, it just started getting darker and darker. And it was another light downpour, you know, from heaven. And the, 
it just, the sky just went black and it bounced down just for about five minutes. And Acts 5 that we're reading from, it is like that dark cloud that descends. Because in Acts 4, the disciples are together, they're caring for each other, there's a lot of joy, and they count what they've got, not their own, but that they sell it so that others who've got need can benefit. Others who've got need can be just blessed. And then this dark cloud comes because Acts 5 starts with the word, but. And it says, but. And it talks about the man named Ananias. And there are two kind of lessons that we learn from Ananias and Sapphira's story. So do we have those scriptures, David, in Acts 5? Oh, fantastic. But a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. But with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. And we'll just leave it there. And he brought the rest and put it at the disciples, the apostles' feet. Ananias and his wife Sapphira, they like discussed together. They chatted about this piece of land. It was theirs to sell. It belonged to them. And they decided that instead of saying we got so much for it, they lied about how much they got for it. And they kept back part of that for themselves. And they took that part and they put it at the apostles' feet and they tried to pass it off as if they had given the whole amount and they hadn't. They'd kept something back for themselves. If they had just brought the amount that they had wanted to give, that part, and just said, yeah, this is what we're donating, that would have been all right. It was the fact that they deceived and they tried to make it seem like something that it wasn't. They tried to make it seem like they were just being so good and great and giving all of this. God had favoured Ananias and Sapphira with wealth, but they responded to that gift by cheating. In the story, Sapphira had an opportunity to kind of come clean, because if you remember, Ananias actually died on the spot and was carried out and buried. And then three hours later, it tells us that Sapphira came in and when she came in, Peter says to her, was that the price of the land? And at that moment, she had that opportunity to say, no, it wasn't. We actually got this for it. But she chose to say, yeah, that was the price. She chose to continue the lie. And her fate was the same in that, that she dropped down dead. And the same young men that had buried her husband hours earlier, came and took her and buried her. So there's two, within this, this passage today, there are two kind of messages. There's the message of deceit from Ananias and Sapphira because they deceived the apostles, but in it they didn't deceive God because he knew exactly the circumstances and he knew exactly what had happened. You can't deceive God, you can't lie to God. And they thought they could get away with that, but they couldn't. Um, the other side of the story is that they actually wanted to look good like Barnabas had looked. 
So do you know at the end of Acts chapter 4, when we read about Barnabas and he sold land and he brought it and he put it at the apostles' feet, what he did was healthy, what he did was authentic, what he did was generous, what he did was true and real. Ananias and Sapphira, it was not like that for them. They wanted to look like Barnabas, but their hearts were not right about doing that. Their giving was to gain influence. And it's like God stepped back and looked at his early church, and he couldn't allow that. He couldn't allow Satan to get a foothold in the early church that way because things were growing, things were starting off, and Satan doesn't like that when things are positive and things are, are moving and people are being helped and cared for. And he had to stop it in a very dramatic way. And it, it tells us, doesn't it, that at the end of it, that the, um, the whole church was seized with fear. They were in awe of God. They had a healthy respect for God because they had gathered around and they had seen this conversation initially with Peter and Ananias and then secondly with Peter and Sapphira and they saw the outcome. This is serious stuff. One of the people that I read when I was reading around this story, they just said, are you seized with fear and afraid when you see what God does in that situation? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, that is right. Because we can't trifle with God. We can't deceive God. We can't mess with God. He knows our God demands awe and respect. Like we've sung today, great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. We have worshipped him with that full respect that he deserves. Um, and we've, we can't come and pretend that we're anything but what we actually are. And he knows us and he loves us and he, and he accepts us as that. Um, and he has a wonderful plan for each of our lives. This, um, this is short, another video. It's video overload today, isn't it? I wanted to show you this video. I'm not sure if it's like aimed at children or not, but if I was a child, I'd be terrified when I saw this. So I think it must be aimed at adults. But just have a look at this because it kind of um, brings in the story in almost like a cartoon film film way, but I think that speaks to adults. Thank you, David. There are some stories that end with a quaint little phrase, and they lived happily ever after. But this is not one of those stories. This is the grim tale of Ananias and Sapphira. The early church had begun to flourish and all the believers were getting along quite splendidly. They shared everything they had with one another, claiming nothing as their own. There were no needy people among them. Those who owned fields or houses sold them and brought the proceeds to the apostles as a gift. Joseph was one such man who sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles as an offering. And oh, what a wonderful blessing it was to everyone. All the believers were encouraged and celebrated Joseph's selfless act. Well, not everyone. A couple named Ananias and Sapphira, who were counted among the believers, saw the way Joseph was admired and grew very jealous. He thinks he's better than us, they grumbled to each other. 
we deserve that kind of attention. They dwelt on it day and night. Finally, one night, they devised a plan to sell a piece of land, secretly keeping part of the money for themselves and giving the rest to the apostles. They would not necessarily say they were giving all of the money they received from the sale. They would just let everyone assume it. And presto, they would instantly be famous as self-sacrificing believers who surrendered everything to Jesus. So, with his wife's consent, Ananias sold the land, secretly kept part of the money, and brought the remainder to the apostles. But Peter saw right through Ananias, saying, Ananias, why have you let evil fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor dead. Everyone who heard the news was filled with fear. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, Sapphira came in, not knowing what had happened. Everyone nervously watched as Peter asked her, Was this the price you and your husband received for your land? The room fell silent. Yes, she replied. That was the price. Peter responded, How could the two of you even think of conspiring to test God like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than she also fell down dead. When the young men returned, they found her body. They carried her out and buried her beside her husband. By this time, the whole church, and in fact, everyone who heard of these things, had a newfound respect for God. So, unfortunately, there's no happy ending in this tale, but there is a warning here to take God very seriously. Dare I say, deadly serious. <laughs> Yeah, deadly serious. When I see Sapphira there, I can't help thinking about, um, oh, what was it, the Adams family? I think she just looks like Morticia, doesn't she? I'm going to do that whole diddle <laughs> Anyway, don't want to distract from that video because the deadly, it's, it's so powerful though, isn't it? Even though it's like aimed at perhaps children, I really don't know, but it gets that message across of, of that time in Bible history. As a church, our vision is that we help our community. And sometimes our community is on our doorstep. And other times, as, as Mavis has shared earlier, if she had that money, it would be going out to Israel to help those people there. Um, I kind of almost wish that, that you could see a video of what this church looks like through the week and of the people that come through the doors and of how their lives are touched and impacted by the work. I mean, 42 people in youth, that is quite a scary prospect, isn't it? Well, it is for me. Well done, Lois and team, for that. Um, but this is like a regular occurrence where the community around us is shown love and care, and that, ex as Jesus would do it, the hands of Jesus are extended out. This is what the early church did. This is what we are trying to do. We're trying to replicate that as being an Acts church. We want to meet the needs of those who have very little or nothing. That's our heart. 
And we can do it by the generosity of those who give. Um, I'm going to invite the band up now. Um, and we're just going to look as well at this scripture that's going to come on screen. Because not so long ago, Steve, Lois, uh, Sean and I took over leading the church. We've done it for six months now. Prior to that, there'd always perhaps been a senior pastor, but now it's become that there's a team of, of the four of us. And one of the things that like God spoke to us about was this verse from Isaiah 43. Um, and it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. And we feel that we are in part of a new thing. This is very early days. And we're like the early church and we are starting off a new thing. And our hearts are filled with gratitude for what has gone before. Our hearts are filled with gratitude for the people who have prayed, who have, who have worked, who have listened to God, who have given, who have built this place. But God is just saying, this is a new day for us. This is a new day. Um, like the early church in Acts, we're surrounded by need and we want to be able to do that, to help with that. I found a quote and I didn't have time to get it on the screen, so I just want to, to read it to you now. But it says that one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to form God's people into a community that uses resources in accordance to meet the deep needs of others. And that's what I want to be part of. I want to be part of a community where the Holy Spirit is working and where he is working to meet the needs of where he's placed us and maybe even beyond. Right, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. This is where it gets a little bit difficult. And I prayed about, should I say these next things or not? Um, and decided this is where I need your grace and I need your understanding. Um, I just want to ask, like, is this your church? Is this your community? Are you part of this? Are you in? And obviously today we've looked greatly at finances, haven't we? One of the things that I really felt was like quite a heavy thing to say. You know, Ananias and Sapphira, a husband and wife, they chatted together and decided to hold money back. And I kind of wonder, have you and anyone else chatted together and decided not to give it all? Is that been your thought process? Um, some people, over time, are hurt by church years ago. And they decide they can come, but they can't give towards it. And I just gently want to say this is a new day. This is about now. This is about the community that we are trying to reach. And we can only do it by generous donations. We can only keep it going and meet need by generous donations. And I would ask you to listen to the Holy Spirit if he is speaking to you today to consider your giving. Um, 
if you are here, obviously, for the first time or you're visiting us and you don't like, you know, you, you're just kind of weighing up, is this the right place? Please don't listen to anything that I'm saying about this because this is for people who are in and who feel that this is their home. I want to get us back, you know, to that place of Acts 4 and those words were, the people were of one heart and of one mind. And that's where they put the money to prove that they were in. Um, it's not about the amount. It's about the heart that gives the gift. And that's what God, I believe, in Acts 5 is asking us to examine asking us not to judge Ananias and Sapphira for what they did, but he's turning the tables on us and he's just saying, what finances do you plough in to sort, you know, to enable Foundry Community Church to work? Would you, would you stand with me now? Because I'd like to pray and then our band are going to lead us in a, in a song. Jesus, I appreciate, Lord, that these are hard words. This is not an easy thing to think about or to get our heads around. And God, especially in times when there's cost of living crisis and when there's calls on our finances. But God, we come to you now, Lord, and we just ask that our lives and our hearts and our bank balances and our wallets are open before you. And Father, we just pray that we will have soft hearts to listen to you. God, that we will hear what heaven has to say to us about whether we should or shouldn't give or how much we should give. And Lord, we just pray that you will direct our thoughts in this. God, that you will help us to understand what heaven is saying at this time. Because what we invest in now is about eternity. God, it's Life is so short and there is so much need. And Father, we just pray that you will help us somehow to be stirred in order to, to be on board, to say that I am in and to say that this is how I can support. And Jesus, I thank you that you know everyone's circumstances in this room. Lord, you know where there is great need. And Father, today I pray that you will meet the need of your people, of your children, God, that you will answer their needs, their financial, their physical, their spiritual and emotional needs, Lord, in a way that only you and your spirit can. Yeah, thank you, God, that you speak softly. Thank you, God, that you don't condemn. But thank you, God, that you challenge us because you want us to know the joy of that Acts 4 church. Lord, where they were in one mind, one heart, one spirit, working, Lord, out, working your plans and out of their their generosity, the community that they lived amongst was helped. And Father, we just pray that that will be our experience today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.